It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Well, it was super nice of the Cincinnati Reds to welcome the Chicago Cubs back into the division race. By the way, thanks for joining us here in this Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Cubs crossover. I'm Jeff Carr. Alongside me is my co-host, Steve Offenbaker, and joining us here today, and we are joining him, Sam Olber, one half of the Lockdown Cubs podcast. He is most undoubtedly the most happiest of the three of us here today because, well, it was three days of butt kicking for the Chicago Cubs over the Cincinnati Reds. We are going to get into why uh, the, the Reds have welcomed the Chicago Cubs back into the division race. We're going to look at some impressive performances. There were a few Reds that I want to point out and some guys that I think one guy in particular, I think might be breaking out before our very eyes. And we're going to look ahead because there are still a few games between the Reds and Cubs left at Great American Ballpark coming up here in a few weeks, and then there's lots of other stuff happening as well. Thank you so much, though, for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Cubs part of your day. And if you're an everydayer, please let us know down in the comments section. Really appreciate having our everydayers along. And Sam, everydayers will know, coming into this series... We were feeling pretty good. I know that the Cubs were feeling really good, and they continue yeah. to be hot through this right. series. But as Reds fans, we were feeling pretty good about the series. Uh, <clears throat> not so much right now. Yeah, I mean, from a Cubs perspective, I mean, they were rolling, right? So they, they came out of the break. They lost two out of three to Boston. Then they won two out of three against Washington. Um, lost the first game against St. Louis, and they went went on an eight-game winning streak, which was the longest they've had since they, they won the World Series in 16, and it was all kind of driven by the offense. Uh, Cody Bellinger won Player of the Month in July, um, and, and then everybody around him was kind of hitting. So, you know, Cubs fans, I think you know, we all went into this series knowing, you know, I don't think you go into a series with a first-place team and assume you're going to win three out of four, but we felt really good about it. And then the deadline comes, and we trade for Candelario, which was what, like maybe two hours, something like that, before first pitch Monday. Right. So the vibes were really good, and then that first game was really tough. It was, it was, it was a one-run game, which you know, when you look at the Reds and Brewers versus the Cubs and you look at why uh, the Cubs have trailed them for most of the season, it's because of close games. The Brewer, the, the Reds are really good at in them. Uh, the Brewers are really good in them. And the Cubs are terrible. Uh, they're they're right. 16 and 24 after tonight's win. So you lose, you lose one of those games. And you're like, well, now you kind of just hope you split. 
and then the fireworks started and uh, and then they were able to grind one out uh, in game four. But it was definitely uh, a series that I think I think we both felt good about it going in and, and the home team was able to just get three of them. Yeah, we're feeling pretty rough, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I am so, I am so frustrated because this team goes to the West Coast, takes the series from the Dodgers at home, Two out of three. and then just comes lays a big old turd in the Windy City. And there's no other way to put that. This was an opportunity to really create some distance, uh, keep it a two horse race, you know. Put the Cubs not quite out of sight, but set them back enough that you didn't have to worry about them as much. And instead, now we're in a three-team race. The Cubs are on fire. Uh, they're climbing the ladder, and we're relying on teams like the freaking Washington Nationals to help keep us relevant right now. <laughs> this is just not okay. It's very frustrating to me that we continue to beat teams like the Dodgers and then can't do anything with the National League Central. And it has to be uh, motivating, invigorating, exciting for Sam and for the fan base of the Cubs and for the Chicago Cubs to, to really recognize that, hey, we're in this. And, you know, and I applaud the Cubs for going out and making some moves at the deadline and saying, hey, don't forget about us because I'll tell you what, they sure showed us over the last three days that we cannot forget about them or they're just nope. going to blow right past us. Right. No, and, and I think, too, like there was something about the Cubs in the preseason that I looked at and I thought they had enough talent to be a contending team. And they went through quite a stretch there at the beginning of the summer, right around Memorial Day, where it just kind of seemed like the wheels were falling off this team and they had no hope. But they've got the talent to come back out of that sort of a doldrums. The Reds do have talent as well. And I feel like we're going to see that talent kind of figure some things out over the next uh, couple of weeks here. The biggest issue for me is that the Reds couldn't lose that game on Thursday. Thursday's game was the chance for the Reds to kind of put those two blowout losses behind him. 20 to 9 and 16 to 6 is something insane. And Bears Bengals, Bears Bengals. Yeah, like we're talking about football scores at that yeah. point and when you when you look at Thursday's game, the Reds had opportunities galore and you can look at the human element and say, well, they're tired. They got a 10 game road trip. They're about to come home. They're feeling like, like they just want to sleep in their own beds for a night. That might be true, but you can't lose that game. And it, it was so frustrating to watch the Reds performance because yes, Luke Weaver stunk in the third inning after Luke Maley couldn't catch strike three on Nico oh, Horner. What a random play. And, and watching that replay, I don't know what clump of dirt that thing hit, but my goodness, it bounced. But right. it was like after that point, Luke Weaver couldn't throw a strike to save his life. And you just look at that and you're just like, who do I blame here? What, who do I want to blame? And I think there's just sometimes that the universe is against you in the game of baseball. And the universe was against the Reds for three straight days. And that's why everyone in the city of Cincinnati wants to wring someone's neck about the way that the Reds have been playing. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, Steven mentioned the NL Central stuff with the Reds. And then, Jeff, you mentioned Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekends when you guys came and just blew the doors off of us at Wrigley Field. And that really – that was when Cubs fans, or at least myself, was like, okay, not only are we in trouble, but look at these guys might be you know better than us. I mean, that came <laughs> – and that was, that was before Ellie even came up, right? right. And, um, you know, I remember that. I mean, my thing with – 
with, with the Cubs and Reds, when, when I look at them and, and I look at this series, because, you know, we do have, I think we got a four gamer at Great America because we've only played, we've only yes. played twice there because we with had a double out. header. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and uh, what I look, what, what I look at is, is for me, and this is just coming from an outsider and somebody that's not close to the team is I just couldn't believe they didn't add a starter um, because, you know, I, I believe that they, and, and the Cubs right now are red hot. So it's, uh, you know, it's easy to say that they have the best offense, but I think the, the Reds have the best offense in the division. I mean, w- w- when you face them and the thing that makes them so tough is they have guys for just every side. So you, you have your Senzel against lefties and your, your Fraley against righties, and, and they do a really good job of just keeping those guys in positions um, to succeed, and they're really tough. And, you know, I, I noticed it during the two blowout games, like they don't give away at bats at all. Uh, but coming from, from, you know, from the Cubs side, you know, after Abbott, you know, we looked at that series. We're like, okay, lively. We probably can handle, um, you know, w- w- Williamson, Williamson was throwing the ball better, but it, he's not a guy that makes you shake in your boots. And then, you know, Weaver, like you said, he's actually throwing the ball well today. That was crazy, by the way, uh, on the Cubs broadcast, they had a stat out that he had like an eight something ERA and the Reds were like nine and one in those games. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. His first quality start. So he pitches. How um, funny is that? It was like it was like almost ten straight games where I think they only lost one game and he couldn't get anybody out. He gave up a ton of runs and then he goes for a quality start um, against uh, the Dodgers and they lost that right. game. And it was just like, what is uh, baseball? Yeah. Is such a weird sport. But kind of to your point, talking about the pitching thing, like that's something that has divided Reds country over the last couple of days. And sure. you want to talk about nuclear? How quickly it's gone wrong. Every single pitcher that was acquired at the deadline, their first start or their first appearance with their new team, they looked like Cy Young. Right. And the Reds are sitting here getting barely any pitching from anybody for the last three days, and you're just like, my gosh, I, I understood the front office's reasoning for not going out and getting because the value was not right. right. But you still have to figure something out with this pitching staff. You still can't run out what you've been running out it's, for this last green- month. Green and Lodolo, are they gonna? They'll be bad. Is that that's gonna be kind of their right? Fallback. So Hunter Green's, yeah. yeah, Hunter Green's probably two to three weeks away. Nick Lodolo's yeah. probably three to four weeks away. Okay, and I so think, that's you know, their fallback. To your point and to Jeff's point, you know, I'm okay that they didn't go trade for a starter and spend prospect capital to do that. But for me, it's starting to be almost criminal that you keep running Luke Weaver out there with right. those numbers. You know, and I know they're aberrations and there's weird statistics buried within there. But there's a couple guys in AAA right now for the Reds and Lion Richardson and Connor Phillips that I think either one of those guys today, this minute, right now, day one, are better than Luke Weaver, probably better than Ben Lively. So uh, I I think the Reds' front office has been slow to adjust to this this pennant race mindset, and I think things are now further complicated, Sam, with – what the Cubs are doing and just how red stinking hot you guys are, Uh, because I'm not quite sure, you know, what the answer in dealing with you guys is. If you can continue to score runs in bunches like you did on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, Uh, there, there's not a whole lot you can do with that. And I know that that first start was Ben lively and, you know, basically David Bell left him out there until his arm fell off. (laughs) That That second game, you know, that was pretty much 
all of our top-notch relievers except for Alexis Diaz. You guys roughed up everyone we have had and relied on for the entire season and didn't look like you broke a sweat doing it. And that's that's concerning to me with the surge that you've got in this division right now. Right. And I want to get to that coming up next because I, there's a group of guys when it comes to the top of the Cubs lineup and then also the bullpen that yeah. just really, really impressed me over this series. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do, though, I want to get to today's sponsor, and that is eBay Motors. You know, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check, and you'll know that every part will fit right away or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, get the right fit, and get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thanks for making Locked on Reds and Locked on Cubs your first listen every single day. Uh, big series coming up uh this weekend for both teams cubs got to keep staying hot and reds got to get right uh you can be sure to catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast for the reds and the cubs on sirius xm just download the sxm app and search reds or cubs all right uh sam we, we were kind of getting into this because it yeah. was a dominating performance in game two a dominating performance in game three and really i thought even on thursday even though they didn't score at the same volume the top four hitters of the cubs lineup right now really look to be settling into a huge groove right oh yeah i mean it's 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 been um it's been kind of insane right it, it started with bellinger uh he was really the first guy uh, yeah to, to just to just explode right so he he had a good start to the season uh, and then he got injured in Houston and he missed about a month. Then he came back. And when he came back, he was hitting, but it was a lot of dinky bloops and it felt like a little bit lucky. And then once the calendar hit July, he just became, you know, since, since July 1st, the best hitter in, in the national league. And I, I just think Talkman's been huge, um, kind of a journeyman guy, um, who, who just, it, they, they've slotted in the leadoff hole, who has gotten on base at a really high clip, spark things, um, and, and the, the Cubs have the tendency to do this, though. This isn't the first time this season. This is the, the, the most, you know, the most obvious example. They started out the year 12 and 7. They were crushing the ball, right? Then they had a really good stretch in June where they won like 9 of 11, and they were crushing the ball. This year, it's been when things go well for them, everything goes well. That's why they have like a plus 78, plus 79 run differential, which is, you know, third best in the National League. The problem is, it's been a lot of feast or famine. So when it doesn't go well, they all start to struggle at the same time. So, mm. you know, to, to Steven's earlier point about, oh, should you fear the Cubs? It's all about sustainability. Uh, who's going to be able to, you know, step up when Cody Bellinger comes back down to earth inevitably. But, but yeah, it's really been, it's been Talkman, It's been Bellinger. Horner's had a resurgence since Dansby's come back from the IL. He's been great. And then 
Um, Christopher Morrell is 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 starting to grow and, and learn how to take pitches. I thought his at bat Thursday night, where he went o two to four two, was probably the biggest at bat of the game. Yes. No. No. One hundred percent. And I I thought that you know his bomb was an important one as well for his psyche, just kind of yeah. getting right, right there uh, with that one. I I think too. And uh, just to kind of stick to what impressed me about the Cubs for just another moment. Yeah. I know that early on in the season, the bullpen was a huge question mark. Huge. Did did they cut the fat? Is that what's going on here? Like, because yeah. they were nails in this series. Yeah. So, so early in the year, they, they, they kind of just messed up out of camp. Right. So it was, it was supposed to be Keegan Thompson, Brad Boxberger, and Michael Fulmer. That was supposed to be your seven, eight, nine. Michael mm-hmm. Fulmer is now a middle reliever that faces righties exclusively. Brad Boxberger has been on the IL since like May, you know, one of those type injuries. We're not really sure what's going on. And Keegan Thompson's in Iowa. So they kind of they kind of were forced to you know change that on a whim, and it's turned into uh, Merriweather uh, with righties late in the game. Mark Leiter Jr., who's a reverse split guy, so he gets lefties. That's why you saw him come in for Vado and come in mm-hmm. for Benson and and those guys. And then Alzali's kind of working. yeah, you know, Leiter Leiter Jr. has been an unsung hero. They actually they actually got rid of him in order to sign Eric Hosmer, but nobody else claimed him, so he came back. And they got him on like a minor league deal, and now he's been as good as anybody. And then Auslai's become the closer. I still don't think, like, I still don't think the Cubs have as good of a bullpen as Cincinnati or Milwaukee because you know, as good as Adbert is, he's not at the level of Williams or, or Diaz. Uh, Williams, of course, Devin Williams with the Brewers, but it, it it is now not a major major problem. It's not a hole, right? Right. And that's kind of been the key for the Reds all year is having a very stable bullpen. And Steve, it really kind of felt like we saw a lot of warts in the bullpen this series. You know, I'm trying to decide if I want to be concerned that this is a symptom of the overuse and a symptom of the amount of innings they've been asked to cover and the amount of times they've been asked to bail out horrendous starting pitching or if I want to I want to go down the the lane of they just caught a really red hot Cubs right. team. And I I'm 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 leaning more towards they just caught a really red hot Cubs team. Uh I want to see how they bounce back now in this next series coming back home. Uh if things settle because I mean if we're being honest, if the Reds won yesterday, if they split the series, this Perfect. would be a whole different conversation. Yeah. We course, talk yeah. about, yeah, 36 runs in two games with 12 home runs and our backup catcher pitching on back-to-back nights. And we talk about two, that. We, it's just two wins. We laugh and yeah. laugh and laugh, but it's just two games. It's right. different now that you won this series, took three in a row, and you know we're going back to Great American Ballpark licking our wounds a little bit. So yeah. the narrative is a little bit different. I think I'm not going to push the panic button yet. I like what I'm seeing from Mole. Uh, we picked him up from Oakland. He looked yeah. good in his debut for the Reds. That's uh, I like man. Yes, yeah, I like He struck that. out Cody Bellinger. He mm. did, and 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 with some decent looking pitches. So I, I think he helps this bullpen. I think that if they take a breath and can just survive for two more weeks for Hunter Green to help mm-hmm. stabilize the rotation, sure, uh, that goes a long way. But in order to do that, you know, we circle back around, right? We talk about what can the Reds do. Well, they can get Luke Weaver out of this rotation today. He should never start another game for the Reds. Uh, Lion Richardson, Connor Phillips. Jeff Carr, I don't care who it is, (laughs) just start somebody else because they're going to be hard-pressed to put anybody else out there that's worse, that's not going to have the same level 
of success. We want to put a positive spin on it. The same level of success that Luke Weaver has had in each of his starts. So you, you've got to try something different. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. We have seen we're not going to get a different result from Luke Weaver, and it's time to make a change if the Reds want to remain relevant in this division and in this pennant race. Let me slide in one quick thing, Jeff. Sorry. Um, I just want to say this from a Cubs perspective because Jeff and I actually had this like a very similar crossover, and I think it was like almost a year ago to the day, uh, and it was really hot, and it was Wrigley Field, and I, and I tell Reds, I, I tell the Reds fans listening, um, it's really hard to pitch here on these type of nights. Um, it's been it's been really hot, really muggy, wind howling out, and Wrigley overall, it's it's a pitcher's park for most of the year when it's cold, but on nights like tonight. Or and and nights like this week, I just I'm not sure it didn't really matter who was pitching for either team. Like from the Cubs perspective, Justin Steele got hit around, Stroman mm. got hit around. Um, unless you're just missing bats, it's just it just felt like to me it was one of those weeks. If I were the Reds, obviously there's concerns with guys like Weaver, but in terms of your bullpen and guys like that, I wouldn't overreact to one weird week at Wrigley where there's 80 billion home runs. And I'll take that. I, I I can I can live with the Cubs just outclass the Reds. I can live with that because yeah. we said all year long, and, and we were not expecting the Reds to be in this position this late into the season anyway. Yeah. But yeah. we were expecting lots of you know frustration and lots of heartache. But we were expecting fun times as well. We've gotten all of that, so I, I think that there's a lot of folks, and, and and honestly, for me, because I was getting very mad over the last <laughs> three nights. I, I need to pull it back a little bit. Need to need to calm down because there's still plenty of game left. There's still plenty. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Zen. Because yeah. there was also some good stuff too. I mean, and, and the number one good thing that I saw is that Christian Encarnacion Strain is breaking out. I mean, he was seven for sixteen in this series, looking absolutely fantastic at the plate, making good contact. He wasn't hitting the ball out of the park. He wasn't hitting the ball for extra base. He had like two doubles, and that's it. And everything else was singles. But before that, we were kind of wondering. We're like, man, what's this guy's, you know, plate? plate discipline like what's his his hitting acumen and i think we've seen it begin to break out a little bit i'm expecting some power this weekend against washington i think that ces is going to uncork a few homers and we're all going to go oh because like i was reading some stuff earlier on today that it was just like we were spoiled by Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz and their debuts that when ces came up and didn't just go insane for the first three or four games we're all like is he good? Is he going to make it? He's, He's a flop. He's, fine. He's a flop. Yeah. He's going to be just fine. But I'll say this. Uh, there's there's lots uh, left in this season. And when you've got a half game between the Brewers and the Reds, and now it's, it's two games cel- uh, se- separating, two and a half games separating the Cubs and the Brewers, yeah. it's now definitely a three-team race, and there's still plenty of season for these three teams to figure out who it is. We are going to kind of dive into what's going to happen moving forward. Coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to let you know you can catch every pitch of the Reds and Cubs hometown broadcasts on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Cubs or Reds. 
And uh, in between episodes, you can get even more Reds and Cubs content. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow, or X, whatever you call it. Uh, you can follow Steve <laughs> at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs for your Reds content. For your Cubs content, Sam's a great follow, and I was about to say your Twitter handle, and I totally forgot what it was. Uh, I think it's just at Sam Olber. At Sam Olber because you know creativity is key in Chicago. Yeah, yeah we, we, well, <laughs> we we thought hard we thought hard about that one. <laughs> I mean, between you guys, like you guys actually have names where you could have Twitter handles be your names. I had to add my middle yeah. initial in for mine to get yeah. my name. So there's that. So yeah. Well, Jeff, before we get so into the uh, before we get into the preview of uh, what's coming up, before we go down that road, we had a little um, conversation kind of start when we were getting set to record. And I want to revisit it for just a minute uh, because I thought it was an interesting conversation. And that's talking about the the managers within the National League yes. Central. So before we get into where we think things are going to go from here, let's yeah. talk about the managers, uh, specifically Craig Council in Milwaukee. David Ross in Chicago, and of course our guy David Bell here in Cincinnati. And I think we're all unanimous in agreement that we think as far as overall managing ability, in-game decision-making, running a team, we think that Craig Council is the the class of the division. Are we all on the same page with that? Absolutely. So that being said, let's compare and contrast David Bell and David Ross a little bit because, you know, these are going to be the two teams trying to, to power their way into the top of this division and stay there. And, you know, I have, I have long said that I felt like David Bell likes to tinker, likes to like, I I always make the joke about, he's one of those guys that's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I need to be doing something. I don't know what to do. And then he starts doing things and you want him to just chill sometimes, (laughs) but it doesn't always work out that way. I will say this, David Bell is the best arguer in the entire division. (laughs) There is not a guy in baseball that gets thrown out better than David Bell. And he was so hot yesterday and flustered. He lost his hat twice and running <laughs> ring around the Rosie at home plate to keep getting back in the home plate umpire's face. That's the kind of fire I want to see from my manager when he gets a run from a ballpark. Yeah. I, um, I think David Bell is a better manager than David Ross. Um, I am kind of infamous for my, my criticism of David Ross. And um, you know, I, I just think what, to me, and, and I could be wrong on this, but to me, when your underlying numbers are as good as the Cubs are, I mean, we're talking about a team, we're talking about a team that, that, and run differentials, not everything. It has its holes, but you're talking a te- about a team that's outscored the Reds and, and Brewers this year, I believe after tonight, like in the high eighties and nineties and you're mm-hmm. trail and you're, and you're trailing both teams and you're that bad in close games. And there's been so many games where, you know, you know, and it's not just me, it's everybody. Why isn't this guy in questionable lineups? I mean, for example, just really quick, on Monday night, we played Cincinnati, which was a huge game for the Cubs. Huge, right? They lost, but it was a huge game. They had Seiya Suzuki batting second, which has been something that shouldn't be happening for a very long time, and Trey Mancini playing. The next day, Trey Mancini got DFA'd. <laughs> and, 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 and Seiya Suzuki got kind of publicly benched versus righties. And I just said to myself, if that was going to happen 24 hours later, why waste the game against the team that we're chasing? That's worth two games, just little marginal things like that. You know, Matt and I on the show always talk about the margins that we just don't feel like the Cubs are very good on them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of David Ross. Obviously everybody's going to look good managing when you're scoring 20 runs. Um, I don't think he's a, a, a terrible manager and I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good leader. They play hard for him. But, but when we're talking about in terms of the hierarchy with the three teams, I would say council bell and Ross, that would be my take. 
I think that what puts David Bell ahead of David Ross is that he really understands what it means to be a player's manager. I think most managers would say that they are players managers, that they love their players and that they, they would do whatever it takes for their players. But when it comes to setting the lineup, when it comes to managing the bullpen and putting guys in certain situations to succeed, that's really where the rubber meets the road. And I think that, you know, kind of watching from afar, it feels like David Ross has trouble struggling with that, the 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 two things there of like I'm a players guy, but also I'm trying to win and I'm trying sure. to be analytical and all this yeah. other stuff. And it feels like right. he kind of does part of both. And you know, it's it's like the old Ron Swanson quote: "Half ass two, don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing." And I think you either got to be a players manager or you got to be like analytical with just you know being an understanding type manager. And I think that David Bell does a really good job of incorporating other aspects of managing into who he is. But I think that is the hilarious part of watching him argue, like watching what he did with the umpires in this finale. And then if you ever watch a post game interview with David Bell, you're like, where the heck did that dude go? Because he's, he'll set up in front of a camera. And like, yeah. You know, we really competed, man. It was a, it was a really good game out there. Uh, they never really... give you anything. In those. No, no. And I know that's their job. They don't yeah. want to be, they right. don't want to, you know, draw attention to themselves, but it's just like, give us just a little bit of something. Like, I feel like, and we've made this joke before on the podcast, but uh, just in case anybody haven't heard that, I feel like one day, hopefully the Reds win the world series and David Bell's the manager when they do it. And David Bell after that game is going to be like, man, you know, we just, we went out and we, repeated really well and uh really proud of our guys you know it's a really good thing out of the next one out of the next one yeah like (laughs) david there are no more you just want it yeah it's but i i I think you're right i think it's craig council it's it's a gap and i think that we we've advocated for it and i think especially if the reds win the division david bell should win uh nl manager of the year but i think on a consistent talent base i do think craig council is up at the top yeah, well, let's let's talk about these teams just a little bit more, Jeff, because I'm curious uh, the answer to this question. Uh, looking at it now, we're we're bunched together. The three teams, the the Brewers, yes. the Reds and the Cubs, pretty yeah. bunched together. So, Sam, I would ask you and then Jeff, if, if you want to jump in with the Reds answer and I'll, I'll give my thoughts, Sam, what one thing between now and the end of the regular season do the Cubs need to do that will give them the edge to be the winner of the National League Central? Reverse the script in close games. Uh, if they could find a way, because the Cubs, the Cubs also, the crazy thing about that, that 15, I think now 16 and 24 uh, stat in games decided by two runs or less, that's 40. That's, that's not that many games when you've played a hundred something, the Cubs have blown a lot of teams out. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're good at that. Um, finding a way to win games just like Thursday night against the Reds. Uh, I know it's kind of a, a cliche answer. Well, if you win a lot of close games, but I, I mean, just win enough of them. Um, and I think they will, will find a way to, to at least stay in this as long as they possibly can. How do they do that? Um, the biggest thing is just, can this bullpen continue to grow? Uh, I just said that they're not a weakness. Can they turn into a legitimate strength? Can they, for the last two months of the season, can they go out for out with the Reds bullpen, which has been really good all year, and the Brewers bullpen, which is, feels like is good every single year? I think for the Reds, um, it all relies on hitting on, I'm going to say four out of five of these injured pitchers that are coming back need to be good. 
Uh, I, I think that if you're talking about multiple, especially if you're talking about both Green and Lodolo, either coming back and getting re-injured or coming back and not being the good part of themselves, then the Reds are going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, if if you can get Green back, if you can get um, some of these these bullpen arms, like if you can get TJ Antone back, if Vladimir Gutierrez can come back and be a bullpen piece, if you can get um, Casey Legumina. I know that Casey Legumina is not near as established as the other guys, but he showed a little bit of talent there in his very brief stint early on this season, you're going to be talking about a deeper bullpen. You're going to be talking about a more talented starting rotation. And that has been the biggest weakness of this team. That's why we constantly wanted them to do some sort of pitching upgrade during the trade deadline. And again, as we'll reiterate, the value wasn't there. We get that. But that still means that you need to look within your talented organization that has lots of highly touted prospects and lots, and, and there are a number of them on the pitching side that are close to the major leagues that need to be given a look. I would love to see Connor Phillips in this rotation because I know for a fact he's better than Luke Weaver. There might be an argument to be had that he might be better than Brandon Williamson. And then you also look at Lion Richardson. Where is he at in this? Is he going to be a starting pitcher? Is he going to be a bullpen piece? These guys have value to the Reds with their potential. Let's turn potential into actual current value. Yeah, I, I think you're on the right track there, Jeff. You know, I'm not as concerned about the bullpen, and and I'm still going to maintain that guys like Gutierrez, Antone, those guys, I'm not I'm not counting on them to show up at all. Uh, it'll be great if they do. It'll be icing on some mythical cake that we've been waiting to show up. I don't know. But I'm not going to rely on that at all. I we think want Goody, Steve. We want Goody. I know you do, but we're probably going to get bad Vlad for a few minutes. So let's... Let's let's be careful with what we wish for. I think the bullpen problem will largely take care of itself if we can stabilize what's going on in the starting rotation. And that right. doesn't necessarily mean that you need Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo to show up tomorrow and go eight innings of, of shutout baseball. Now, that'd be great, but that's not necessarily what I mean. What they can't continue to do is run the Livelies and the Weavers out there, crossing their fingers going, I wish I may, I wish I might, they would get an out tonight. You know, you can't do that. That is not a strategy to win baseball games. But that's what they've been doing since the All-Star break and before. So things are real now. It is. This is no longer the, oh, look at those scrappy little young Reds. They're kind of hanging around for a minute. This is a stinking pennant race, and it's time to treat it that way. So you have to make hard decisions and as as much a player manager as david bell is it's time to tell kevin newman you're not going to play very much at all it's time to tell nick senzel you're going to be situational and that's going to be it it's time to tell luke weaver clearly dude this isn't working you're never starting again it's time to tell lively when he comes back from this latest injury to the bullpen my friend you're not starting a game we're going to do other things that's what has to happen. Those are the keys for the Reds to remain relevant in this race and actually have a shot to be on top of this division at the end. Because what they're doing right now, it's great. It'll keep them around a little bit. But ultimately, if everybody else is trying harder than you, you've got to do something different. And right now, I feel like the Brewers and the Cubs are trying just a little bit harder. And, and action needs to be taken. And one last thing before we get out of here. Well, said. gentlemen, Coney or Chicago Dog? Uh, oh my god is this even a question it's a chicago dog for me oh my goodness mustard relish <laughs> onion hot pepper tomato a little celery salt i know this it's 
Portillo's over everything. I got to go Chicago on that one. And on that bombshell, we got to end this one. Thank you so much, everybody, for checking out Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Cubs. Make sure you make us your first listen every single day. And make sure you check us out as the season goes along because we will have you covered for your favorite team every day as we are a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.